It's Lefroy Day, baby. Are you drinking Lefroy? Let me see. I want a, I want a confirmation of your Lefroy drinking. That is a Michelob Ultra. Smell it with your mouth closed and then smell it with your mouth open. I did a whiskey tour. I did a scotch tour once. The buyback. Yeah, baby. Oh, man. The buyback podcast takes place in a bar. If you aren't old enough to be in the bar, you're probably not old enough to be listening to the content in this podcast. For the rest of you degenerates, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let's get this party started. Hello. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Oh, Good. How, are how are you? Not too bad. Hotter than fuck out today. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. What temperature is it there? I don't even know. I just know it's hot and humid. It's the humidity. It's the killer. It could be like 75 degrees, but once that humidity gets up there, it's just like my hair goes <laughs> and it's gross. Yeah. Sweating like a sinner in church. <laughs> a sinner in church. That's, you know, it's funny. Every time someone logs, like when we've done a couple of these online now, everyone starts, we always start with the weather. It really is true. That like old adage of like, let's talk about the weather. Uh, it, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's always like the most you know, great icebreaker. Right. Hi, Amber. How are you? Not too bad. Cool. Not too Thanks bad. for um, sitting down and doing this with us. Thank you for asking me. I don't know if my stories are going to be any, you know, for small town bars, but. Hey, we're both from a small town. We like the small town stories. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know any bartenders from, you're in Iowa, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm excited to see what it's like out there because we, every state's different. It's got its own quirks. And so I'm psyched to see what I was like. So um, uh, welcome to the buyback. My name is John. I'm Alex. And uh, this is where we sit down and we talk to the best of the best of the best of the best. And today we are here with Amber. Hi, Amber. Hello. Amber, can you tell us a little bit about where you are right now? So I live in a little town called Adel, Iowa. Um, population about 5,000. Uh, about 20 minutes west of Des Moines. So Des Moines is the capital, obviously, of Iowa. For those of you who don't know where Iowa is. Did you know that, um, Last I, I, I knew there was about 750,000 in Des Moines. Awesome. So, Amber, um, have you lived there your whole life? I did. I was born and raised in Des Moines, had a farm just outside of Des Moines about an hour uh, up until a few years ago, then decided to leave the industry for a little bit, got burned out. I was actually a chef by trade, but also kind of moonlighted as a bartender um, and just burned out. So decided to pack up and go to the mountains for a few years and yeah. just moved back here last summer actually cool what, uh, tell me what, what what mountains so i lived in colorado um oh, about yeah. an hour west of colorado springs in a little town called divide and i swore that i never thought i would move from a town smaller from where i was moving from when i was moving out to colorado yeah. the population was about 200 210 somewhere there yeah but population of divide colorado is 128 oh, wow is it that's seasonal it. or just that's it always? It's pretty much that it, it, the whole time. It's right on the Continental Divide. It's right outside of Colorado Springs. Very rural, very agricultural. Not too dissimilar to where I live now, but they are a whole different breed of people out there. It was quite interesting, to say the least. Cool. So can you just tell us a little bit about how you got into the industry and you started as a chef and then kind of moonlighted as a bartender, right? So like, how did you get into all that? 
So I actually started when I was about eight years old. Started as a pot scrubber in my grandma's restaurant uh, when they kind of weren't too picky on child labor. You know, I have worn every hat under the business, you know, from owner of a catering company and a little bakery business to, like I said, pot scrubber at eight years old and everything in between. Uh, Went and got my classic culinary training through Le Cordon Bleu. And got my business degree. But while I was doing that, that's kind of how I got my start in bartending. Started working in this little roadside dive bar, which is my absolute favorite kind of bar in the world. And I loved it. I love socializing, love talking to people, love, you know, especially working in those types of bars because you can sit there and give people shit all day long. Um, and they'll give it right back to you. So I just kind of used it as a way to break up being in the kitchen. And so that's kind of kind of how I got my start. So I've been bartending for, I don't know, about 20 years now. Are any of the bars that that you've worked at still around? Is that dive bar still around? Is your, is... I tried to find it uh, the last time I went up to Minnesota and I couldn't, I couldn't remember where it was. Uh. I drove around for a little bit, but I, I couldn't find it. You know, I honestly, I'll say probably not. The guy that owned it at the time was, you know, almost a hundred years old at the time. And that was 20 years ago. So who knows? So it's 120 now and just yeah. kicking it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the bar that you're at now. So I actually work in just two little small town pubs and diners. One is called the Dexfield Diner and Pub, and that's in Redfield, Iowa. One is called the Tin Pig up in Perry, Iowa. I just quit my job last month, actually, as a restaurant manager and event planner for a local golf and country club. Um, that was kind of the catalyst that got me back to Iowa last summer. But I, once again, burned out. I was, you know, having to have to deal with this whole post-COVID work environment, um, staffing shortages and things like that. And the only people applying were 14 and 15 years old. Well, naturally, they can't serve alcohol, so they were kind of useless for me. Um, And I just wasn't about to to spend another summer season not having a life. Mm. So I gave up a massive salary and benefits to go back to making, you know, less than minimum wage plus tips. And I honestly couldn't be happier. (laughs) I love that. Do you have friends that you work with? No. Well, I mean, besides my chef, you know, I spent more time with my my people at work than I did with my own family. Um, I even had a sofa sleeper in my office, if that tells you anything. Yeah. Yeah. I was putting in 32, 34 our weekends sometimes and it was just it was too much and nobody should have to live like that Nah, you said one of the places you're working now is called the tin pig yeah is that is it a dive um no it's just a it's just a little small town i don't know all of all american place to eat they have their own brewery there as well um so they make their own beers and that's been a lot of fun kind of learning about them and they had just opened up and then, what was it, 2020, I think they had that massive derecho storm come through and it completely threw um, the roof off the building. So they actually just reopened about two-ish months ago. And so they're just kind of getting back started again and getting everything going again. But it's a nice place, massive old, I think it must have been a warehouse or something at at some point, but real old brick style building, all the old neon signs from around town and just dive bar feel, but small town kind of nice. Sweet. I always say like, if you take an adjective and you take an animal, you can make a nice bar name. Just any adjective and any animal. Hairy goat, great bar name. There you go. That's the next bar name. Isn't there one, something called like the grumpy goat? Grumpy goat sounds like a great bar name. Grumpy goat's a good one too, Yeah. yeah. 
something like that. The yeah. humid otter. That one's not as good. The humid otter. That's how I feel right now. I like now. that one. So what about customer pet peeves? When you're working, doesn't matter if you're at, at the if you're at the country club or if you're at the dive bar or wherever you're at. What are some things that just customers do that, that piss you off? Oh, oh, I was just having this conversation with somebody on a Facebook page the other night. I love it. Love it. When somebody comes up and says, you should smile more. Mm. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. And oh, I that's awful. Just, I love to clap back with, you look a whole lot funnier with a lot less teeth. Just <laughs> can't stand when people do that. People who say, make your pour a little bit heavier. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But I'm going to charge you for a double as well, man. <laughs> yeah. And then they get mad at you when you say that. It's like, okay. I feel like when uh, you started a new place, like you said, you started somewhere new, right? Recently? Yeah. So I feel like when you started a new place, the regulars always try to pull that one up on you. They're like, oh, they always pour it a little bit stronger. And you're like, no, well, I'm new here. This is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. What's nice about the one place that I'm working at, I was actually the pastry chef there and a bartender for her as well. Yeah, a few years ago, I guess, before I left to go to Colorado. So a lot of these people that are in this place, they're coming back. I already know them as regulars. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to this place was kind of like going home to one of my favorite places to work. Nice. What about coworkers? Is there anything that coworkers do that, that kind of annoy you where you're like, oh my God, like, come on, like, get it together. Yeah, they sit there and they stare at you when you're making drinks. The more you do that, the longer it's going to take to get your drinks. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. Go find something to do. I'm sure there's silverware that needs to be wrapped. Go check on your tables, but quit staring at me. Yeah. not going to make your drinks any faster. That's a good one. Just down in the service yeah. station looking at you. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. What is uh, your most memorable story from working in a bar? Something that you just stuck in your mind all these years? Or stories. Or stories, yeah. You know, it's not like a funny one, I guess. It's probably what you're looking for. But, you know, I worked in this bar in Colorado, this old roadhouse. It used to be like the original town trading post in the 1850s and 60s in this old mining town. It was off the highway, and it was just one night when it was snowing. There wasn't a whole lot of business. And this woman comes in, and she sits at the bar, and she's sitting there quietly for a little bit, ordered some food and had a drink, and wouldn't say, she wouldn't really say a whole lot. But then once the customers and stuff kind of cleared out, she finally started talking to me a little bit more. And I'm a mom of four children, and she was telling me about her children, too. And she told me how she had beat breast cancer, but now her cancer has come back. It's metastasized, and she's terminal. And her youngest, I think, was 17, 16, 17 at the time. And she was just trying real hard to to put on a brave face. She was a single mom as well and a nurse to boot. And, um, you know, just talking about her fears and hoping that she can make it through where her son would, you know, at least be able to graduate high school before he she passes. And, man, it was like a three-hour long conversation. And right at the end, it was, you know, the snow was really starting to pick back up. And she sat and ate her dinner quietly. And I sent her on her way and said, you know, I hope that everything works out the way that you want it to. And she left and I was closing up the bar and I went outside and she had gone out and brushed all the snow off my car for me and just like left a little heart, you know, in the window. And it was just, you know, it had me in tears because I'm thinking, man, this woman, she's sick and she's dying and she's got these three boys that she's just trying to get through high school. And, and, you know, she went out and cleaned off my car for me. So it's not... You know, not a funny story, but it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's I think, beautiful. I, I think love that's it. one of my favorite stories too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's so like just the kindness and just yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, yeah, it, you bring up like a 
they're not ju- like yeah this this is like sometimes we love the funny stories but that's really nice that like i think that's one of the first times that and i'm glad you did that it's one of the first times that you showed a different side that no one's really talked about yet at least on this podcast where you know we are the people who i mean sometimes i walk out of the bar like feeling super heavy like i feel like people have unloaded a lot on me and that's what that's one of my going back to pet peeves you know one of my pet peeves is that well you're just a bartender well really no I'm not like I had um I was working on trying to get my bachelor's degree in social work before COVID and had intentions to go on to get my master's degree in counseling after that I wanted to work with veterans and their families and and work with counseling them Um, but then I got to thinking what is a bartender but a counselor behind the pine without the debt of a master's degree. I'm there when people are having their best days or their worst days, when they're happy, when they're sad, when they need to vent, when they, you know, they just had a long day and they need a laugh. And you can tell, you know, you've been in the business long enough. You can just learn how to read people. And I think that we are so much more than just bartenders. You know, we, and it really can be heavy sometimes because a lot of us tend to be empaths and kind of pick up that energy from other people. We're really a lot more than just bar, you know, beer slingers and hooch slingers and things like that. I, that that's such a good point because I feel like sometimes that get, gets lost. Like, because every, I think every bartender is connected with a customer on like that wavelength at least a few times, right? But people forget, like, I mean, I think you're right, like, <laughs> you said well, bartenders are social workers without the master's degree. Like, like, yeah, that's crazy. Or some therapists without the master's degree. Yeah, hey, yeah. You know, I can do Definitely what I right. want to do without having to have a hundred grand in student debt or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> that's that's true too. Yeah. And you yeah. know, you see some pretty amazing stuff sometimes, like that same roadhouse. So the town that this roadhouse was in was very right wing, mountain people. We don't want you here if you weren't born and raised here. Very racist, very judgmental. Um, like it was, and I, I don't know, I hate to, you know, be using a lot of race terms here, but, you know, it was a very white community. Um, and so I was working one day and, you know, I don't think I ever saw more than just this one um, African-American family come in one time, but there was like 10 or 11 of them and they're sitting in the back of the bar and they're keeping to themselves and they're having a great time and they're talking and laughing and ordering drinks and joking around. And um, there was this older white couple at the bar who I thought at first they were getting really kind of annoyed, but they're like, you know, no, they sound like they're having a really good time and I'm going to order them some drinks. And this is not something I would have expected to see happen in this town because of just the the hatefulness that was in there. Um, but they did. They sent over in a round of drinks. And then so then this family invites this couple to come over and sit with them. And I need to post this story. I used to write a, a series called Bar Stories, and I have never posted this one yet. But um, they all ended up sitting around the table together and just having a blast, you know. And then they all come up to the bar and they're joking around and ordering drinks for each other. And um, it was really neat to see because of, you know, especially because it was an election year and stuff, too. Uh, there was a lot, a lot more concentrated hatred in that area. And just, it was really neat to see that, um, you know, they wanted to just let people know, or, you know, this family know that not every, not everybody's a racist here and, you know, you're welcome here. And it was just really neat to kind of watch that. Hey, Alex, do you know what time it is? What time is it, John? Well, 
Unfortunately, it's time for a good old-fashioned bathroom break, so we'll be right back after these messages from maybe Alex and maybe our sponsor. Hey, John, what do you got there? This is an Austin East Cider. Is that from Texas? It is. I bet you can't guess from where. East Austin. Well, I think it's just Austin. What's your favorite thing about a cider, Alex? How crisp it is on the tongue. I like the little bit of sugar it gives you, so it's not only just a really good tasting drink, but you get a little boost of energy as well. Right now, I'm holding the limited release cranberry cider. It's delicious. I'm going to pour it on top of my turkey. Mm, I'm okay. I'm going to do that. I mean, you can do what you're going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's fair. All right, let's cheers to Austin East cheers joining to... the Buyback family. Cheers to Austin East. And we are back. How about gross things? Have you ever seen anything gross in a bar? Oh, my God. Like... Just, uh, you know, some of the shots and stuff some of these people came up with. I think the one that always just grosses me out is watching people do these bar mat shots. You know, take the crap off the bar mats and daring people to take it as a shot. I watched someone do one called the smoker's cough one time that was really disgusting. As far as... What is... A, wait, wait. A, what is the... Yeah, what's the smoker's <laughs> cough? So the bar mats have been covered, but what is, is the smoker's I, cough? I think it was just whiskey. But my God, it just looked gross. You know, this brown liquid and then you've got this white, like, congealed mass just you know looks like a big old someone hucked a loogie into a Wait, shot oh, what was the white mass i missed that i think just mayonnaise oh god mayonnaise <laughs> in whiskey i don't know but these guys they kept trying to one-up each other trying to see how long they could take it before somebody just went outside and got sick yeah um but no not really uh nothing too gross anyways that, yeah that's pretty bad the bar mat shots still get me those are yeah I don't think I've ever seen anyone actually do it. I don't think I've ever seen anyone commit to do. I've definitely poured it into a glass and no one would take it, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone actually do it. Yeah, these are some pretty crazy characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. All right, let's get past that. If you could open a bar or work at a bar, uh, what's your dream bar to be at? So, like, you can design your own bar, or if there's a bar you, that already exists that you really like, what? Where do you want? Where do you see yourself being happiest at a bar setting? If I, I would go back to the bar that I worked at in Manitou. It was the all-time favorite bar, not only to be at as a patron, but also as a bartender. It's called the Armadillo Ranch in Manitou Springs, Colorado. And what did it used to be called? Uh, Ancient Mariner, I think it was before that. But it had just opened a year before, let's see, I think it was like July 2019 it opened up and then COVID happened. They got shut down. But then they opened up July, the weekend of July 4th of 2020. And that was the first time that we had been able to go out in Colorado. They had just lifted all the restrictions. And maybe it was just like a first insanely cool experience. And that's just what made me love it so much. But this place was not only the most popular bar on the Strip, but it also had the greatest music acts. You know, every weekend we had insanely talented musicians come through there. And that first night, one of my two favorite local bands was playing, and it was just the neatest experience. We had tables out on the sidewalk, and we had just gone down there, and the music is playing, and it's just kind of wafting down the sidewalk. And before you know it, your head is just down, and your eyes are closed, and you're bopping your head along. And But then you look up, and you see that everybody's doing the same thing. Like, it was just the neatest vibe. And people are dancing down the sidewalk like they're on Soul Train. And there's this guy called the Mad Hatter who's going around offering people LSD. And there's, you know, <laughs> another guy, this 
like 70 year old guy in an African tribal outfit, you know, long white hair. And he's just, you know, going up and trying to hit on all the ladies. And it was just a really fun experience, a really fun night. I love Manitou because it's very, it's very opposite of, you know, 30 minutes up the road where I worked. Very left wing, hippies, pot smoking, free love, you know, granola, crunchy people, um, drum circles every week. And those were the type of people who hung out in Manitou. And that's, that's my vibe, just very laid back and chill. And, and so it was just, I loved working there because I could make great money. I got to meet, it was a tourist town, a summer tourist town. And so, you know, we had tons of people coming in and the music, like I am, music is like my oxygen. And so all that, that music there and I'm making money while getting to listen to it, you just can't go wrong. Yeah. That was the hardest part of COVID, I think, for a lot of people was the, like the bar scene, I think everyone missed, but the live music was just, I missed that so much. Yes. And, uh, you know, it was everything. It was like Grateful Dead covers. It was, you know, folk music. It was rock music. It was electric. I mean, it was everything. And so a little bit of, a little bit of something for everybody. And I love the Manitou Strip because there's bars all up and down. And so what we would do, you know, we'd go out on Friday nights, we'd start out at one place and have dinner and a drink. And then we'd go across the street to the comic book store where there's a speakeasy in the back, have oh, a drink. What? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you, can you just tell a little bit more about the comic book store with the speakeasy? So CK Comics in Manitou Springs, I think it's the second biggest comic book store in the state of Colorado. And some good friends of mine own it. And, you know, there's a comic book store with all these great comics and local art for sale in the front. And then you go into the back and there's just a little bar back there, foosball table, big TV, nothing fancy, mostly just beers and stuff like that. But the characters, man, these people that live here, they're so fun and friendly and they love to talk shit to each other, but everybody has a good time and nobody's an asshole to each other. And so I'm sorry if I'm not to be cussing too much here. (laughs) But yeah, you know, so it's great. So we go over there and we'd have a beer or two and we'd sit and shoot the shit. And then we'd walk up the street to the sports page and do the same thing. And then across to the Royal and do the same thing and up to Kinfolks and Armadillo Ranch and then do the loop all over again until you can't walk anymore. (laughs) Uh, You know, and then just just Alex's dream bar. Yeah, that 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 was my dream bar is the comic book store speakeasy. That's so And I keep trying to talk him into, there's a, an antique store kind of over by the Garden of the Gods that has one of those old British phone booths. Mm. Um, I keep trying to talk him into going and buying it and then yeah. using that as their door. So you have it's to go door, to yeah. the phone booth into the speakeasy. So yeah, it's a really, really neat place. What is your favorite drink? So two-parter, favorite drink to make, favorite drink if you are out for a night on the town. You know, I just like to make a really... I love to make a really good margarita, just a really great classic margarita, good tequila, good triple sec, you know, fresh, fresh juices, fresh ingredients, uh, none of that bar, you know, sweet and sour mix and stuff like that, or margarita mix. One that I like to drink, especially in the summertime, I call it down here, we call it the Redfield ice water, just because there's something, I don't know, I really love the taste of the water in town. So I just take Kettle One's uh, grapefruit, or not grapefruit, the uh, cucumber mint, and fresh lime juice and a dash of simple syrup and then just pour it over ice and top it off with the Redfield ice water. 
Nice. But I, I have I have a follow up question. How do you feel about customers ask ordering water when it's busy at a bar? You know, it doesn't really bother me just because it keeps them drinking a little bit longer. And I just would really hate for somebody to leave and, you know, be too annihilated to to drive and then, you know, possibly put themselves or somebody else at risk. So it doesn't. It doesn't really bother me too much if they drink water. They ask for water. Okay. I think that's just a New York City thing. right now, so. If it gets too crazy, I might just put the pitcher of water out and some cups Uh, like that. But, um, you know, I haven't really run into a a point like that just yet. The recipe for uh, margaritas, some people put OJ in it. How do you feel about that? Just a splash of OJ. I do just a splash of, like, like a fresh uh, press of fresh orange juice. You know, I'll take the juice, the little... um, I don't know when you call it a juicer or whatever, and just take a squeeze of it. Uh, I don't like the canned stuff. I don't like the the bottled stuff just because it doesn't it doesn't taste as good. But I don't mind. And mine personally, I just add a little splash of it. Nothing too crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, really, a little splash just kind of helps bring out the uh, the orange and the triple sec. What are your, some of your? You've talked a lot about this already. So if you just want to repeat them, or if you have anything new. Uh, what are your some of your favorite bars to visit? It could be like right now in Iowa, or it could be around the world, or like just your favorite bars to go out and hang out at. One hundred percent, any kind of dive bar, the the kind of scarier the better. Spent <laughs> a lot of my twenty first summer um, driving around to all the small town uh, bars, dive bars all around Iowa. My cousin and I, she and I would just pick a direction and we would go. And once we stopped, that's kind of where we ended up for the night. Um, met some crazy people. You know, one guy we called Dances with Smoke because he would get into this trance where he would start dancing with the fog machine from the DJ and ended up crashing somebody's birthday party one night. And um, it was pretty, pretty phenomenal. But <laughs> definitely dive bars. Um, there's this great kind of French restaurant with a nice little bar in it here in Des Moines called Django. And they've got some really great cocktails. There's another place here in Des Moines also. It's another restaurant, but it's also a whiskey bar called Bubba. Bubba's Comfort Food. And it's just a real nice upscale kind of southern flair food restaurant. But the, the whiskey and bourbon cocktails are on point. Yeah, cool. Uh, uh, can I know like... more about Dances with Smoke and crashing the birthday party? Because you said <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, this guy, God, I mean, he just, I don't know if he was, he had to have been on something besides, you know, being, having been drinking. But yeah, he would just, he'd get into this where he's like waving his arms all up and around and just kind of bending over backwards when the smoke would come at him. And so the DJ would keep the uh, the fog machine going all night long just for the pure entertainment of watching this guy dance. Nice. And then the birthday party we ended up crashing, we... My cousin and I had actually kind of, we stopped at one point and we, we stole somebody's plastic goose off of their lawn and we had it in the back seat, you know, belted in and everything. But the guy's birthday party that we ended up crashing, his last name was Goose. And so, I mean, we've got pictures of this, this plastic goose traveled with us all summer long and the guy, you know, he's carrying it around and he's got it, you know, we've got pictures of him carrying the goose in the conga line and, um, you know, it was a great night. It was just a fun, he was a very good sport about it, letting us crash his, his birthday party. These two weird ladies just showing up out of nowhere. How did you hear about it? We didn't. We just happened <laughs> to find it. <laughs> All right. We had a party good. going on next door at the gas station. So we put the car in park and we went around the corner and saw what was going on and just kind of 
made our way in. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Describe for us your ideal customer or your favorite customer that you've ever had. I love veterans. Veterans tell great stories mm. and, you know, some really funny stories and kind of some sad ones. But any customer who will give you shit and let you give shit back to him and banter back and forth with you, that's my favorite type of customer. Anybody who's who's just has a great personality, I guess. That's a great answer. I like, I like the idea of uh, the customers who who tell a bartender a good story that's like that's hard to do sometimes like because bartenders we hear a lot of stories and so like if somebody can tell you a memorable story i feel like that's a win on the customer side of the bar anyways oh absolutely it gets on talking about some of their favorite you know or more fun memories too and sometimes you get a really good one and some of them are just like oh my gosh i wish i wouldn't have asked you to tell me a story but yeah most of the time you hear some pretty good ones side side question for john are Um, we do we still do the next one celebrity or have you ever have you ever served a celebrity amber have you ever seen not as a bartender tell us more I used to work catering and craft service for all the movies that were being here, um, movies, TV shows, music videos, and stuff like that. So I have cooked for celebrities like Susan Sarandon, Killian Murphy, Josh Lucas. I've worked on a couple of Slipknot videos and did those music videos. And <laughs> I had actually just signed up to work on a movie called Cedar Rapids, and I'd also signed a 10-year contract with DreamWorks. Because DreamWorks was actually buying, either buying or renting out, leasing out um, one of the old dilapidated shopping malls here in Des Moines and was turning it into a movie studio. And so I had just signed on to make their first one there called Blackbeard's Ghost. It's a remake of an old movie, but it was a big, it was probably the biggest budget I've ever worked on. It was like $24 million. It had Robin Williams, John Leguizamo, Christopher Lloyd, and all these great actors in it. Um, But right after I signed it, the whole thing just kind of got shut down overnight. Uh-huh. So I had just started my business. I had signed all the paperwork. I had just bought the uh, catering truck from Extreme Home Makeover People. And almost overnight, I had to go turn it around and, and sell it because the, the filming industry got shut down here. That's rough. That leads us to kind of our, our, our wrap up, which is, is kind of like shout outs or, or personal plugs. Do you, do you still run your own catering company? No, I, when I left as a chef the last time a few years ago, that's, that was kind of the end for me. I just have had no desire to work in the kitchen again. Some days I question whether or not I want to continue to bartend, but I know if I try to walk away from it, I'll be sad forever. So, Well, is there anything you want to shout out or anything like that? I guess give a shout out to my dysfunctional friends and family there. And, um, you know, all of us bartenders keep it up because I know it's just been really crappy you know, the past few years in this industry, especially post-COVID, and we're still seeing um, the recovery. And I don't even know if we're actually going to see a recovery at this point. But just, you know, keep at it and don't bring yourselves out too much, I guess. As always, you can find us at The Buyback Podcast on Instagram. Buyback Podcast on Twitter, Alex, is that it? Yeah. Yeah? Are you sure? Yeah, no, but <laughs> buy that podcast, I'm pretty sure. Um, we're somewhere on Facebook, too, but I don't really know what that one is. And we just want to thank you again one more time, Amber, because this was, this was great. This was really fun. It's cool to learn about new places. We've been really centered in, like, New York and New England because of where we are. So it's been really cool to talk to you who's somewhere where we're not. Yeah, and I love the stories. That story in Colorado with the woman dusting off your car, that was that. Oh, and got me. That was a great story. <laughs>
Yeah, sometimes it's nice to, it's always fun to hear the funny stories too, but you know, there are times where like, you know, we talked about, we're just, we're more than bartenders and it's nice to know that we can be there for people. Cheers, Amber. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Bye. Bye. Here at the buyback, one of the things we want to do is talk about bar etiquette. So here is our bar rule. Bar rule. I don't know. I'm just fucking around. John, hit me. (laughs) Now what? Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, I will change the TVs for you. No. It is not my priority. <laughs> I will get to it when I get to it. You get paid extra for changing TV channels. I do not. I do not. And I work Sundays and I work football and make a lot of screens. But it is not my priority. I try and preset them the best I can. I'll get to it. It's the same with the music, right? Like, look, I will I will put on a song if it is slow, if you want a specific song. But if it's slow, if you're asking for a specific song and it is busy, that's not going to happen anytime soon. If you want the TV changed, I'll get to it as long as someone else isn't already watching that TV. Patience is a virtue, even as a bar customer. I think it's nice of you to say that you'll you'll do your best and you'll try and change it because a lot of times bartenders will just be like, no, the this, the TVs are set, can't change it. So, and they're, they're probably lying to you, but also don't bother them when they're busy. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed The Buyback, follow us on Twitter at The Buyback on Instagram at thebuybackpodcast, or email us at thebuybackpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. If you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time. I like to see you wiggle, wiggle, for sure. I like it when you miggle, jiggle, for sure. Okay.